Thank you, God. God's good, eh? Let's just uh, give a hand to our worship team. You guys are amazing. Oh, do you know, we're so uh, privileged and blessed to have such amazing team, haven't we? Such an amazing team. Every single week, whoever's on, whoever's serving, such an amazing thing. And the guys behind the scenes as well. So Mel, who's doing our words today. I will let you know, by the way, if you're not someone who's been in church for years, but the person who does the words has the hardest job in church, okay? It's the highest pressure job. And then when something doesn't come up on time or something goes wrong, everybody looks at you. But it's not as bad as it used to be. Can anyone remember the uh, overhead projector? You used to have to sit on the overhead projector on the stage and then someone would pick a song that you're not aware of and um, you weren't expecting and then you've got to run in there quick and pick the right thing and put it on. Might just be me anyway, but, uh, but no, we really appreciate everyone. So good morning, everybody. If you've not met me before, my name's Lee. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, why don't you just turn to the person next to you? She'll look great this morning. Just say, you're looking great. You're looking great. You are looking great. So that's great. It's my favourite word, great. So everything's great. So we have, um, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm a bit relieved about is the lack of wind now. It's been windy, hasn't it? It's been really, really windy. So uh, you ladies with your lovely long hair, not like me, probably have suffered in the last while. But there's been absolute chaos in Northampton, hasn't there, with, with the wind. So there's been absolute devastation. I'm just going to show you a slide. So this was a, a plant pot um, that, uh, that was devastated in Kingsthorpe. And we've got another one in Moulton Park. There were similar scenes. Let's look at the other one. A garden gnome in Moulton Park. God bless the gnomes. And this one, this one's a real picture, okay? I promise. The third one that's coming up is a real picture, right? And this is a friend of mine in Sheffield. And the opposite side of his road, the, he took this picture out of his window. He's trying to sell it at the minute. I'm doing my dad jokes. He is trying to sell it at the minute, but he says the buyer must collect. So uh, there we go. Okay. So in all seriousness, it has been a bit strange, hasn't it, this wind? And it's affected uh, many people. People's properties have been damaged. People's flights have been diverted. And nature's such a powerful thing, isn't it? And it still amazes me that with all the technology that we have today, it can just influence us and control us. Um, but also, I think it's also realised to me that we need to look after our planet, don't we? And we, we, God's given us the planet to look after, and we need to do that. But there we go, that's a separate topic. So we've been following this brilliant campaign so far. If it's your first time today, we're, the, we're the, just coming on to the end of the campaign called Pause and Pray. And prayer, if you haven't realised by now, if you've been coming every week, is such an important aspect of our spiritual lives. And our prayer life should really be one of the bedrocks of our spiritual journey. So we've been going through this uh, campaign and each, each day we've been focusing our messages on, on the different topics of the day. So this is the last one, which is the Sunday prayer day, which is focused on gatherings together. Okay, so it's the Sunday. The prayer book starts on the Sunday, but it's based on gathering together. So the title of my message today is Together. So these last couple of years for the church has been unbelievable, hasn't it? It's been really weird. And, and if I'm honest, I th still think I'm going to wake up in the morning and it never happened. Um, lockdown started on the 23rd of March, 
2020. So nearly two years ago. And I remember really vividly when we were actually given the keys to our house in Northampton two days before the lockdown happened, before Boris was on the TV, and I still remember it to this day, that you can't leave your house. And all of a sudden, we got the keys, and bosh, we lost our usual ways of meeting together, didn't we? And Zoom, everybody knows what Zoom is. Well, on the 23rd of March, you probably didn't know what Zoom was, but everybody knows what that is. And it was pretty unheard of at that time. And I've done a bit of research into the last time that the church wasn't allowed to gather together. Does anybody know when that was? No. Okay. So the date that the church last met together, couldn't meet together before the last lockdown, was actually the 23rd of March. Exactly the same date. But it was 800 years ago. See, the church weren't allowed to meet together 800 years ago for a whole six years. Six years. If I'm honest with you, six months was bad enough for me, but they had to struggle for six years. And then we all finally came back together, didn't we? I think it was about October time. We were all masked up. We couldn't sing. We were socially distant. We had to usher you in and usher you out as quick as possible to protect each one another. But fortunately now, and God willing, we do have the freedom to do just about all the things that we used to do in church. But it still feels a little bit weird, doesn't it? Still feels a little bit weird to sing, I think, sometimes. I'm supposed to do this or not. We've kind of forgotten what we used to do to a certain degree. Uh, It's probably because we've been had had to be careful for so long. But due to the lockdowns, many people's work patterns have had to change. And I'm sure many of you in here have had to change your work patterns. I was talking with a particular guy in the playground as part of our church, in my child's playground. He was saying, I've just come off a double shift working in the hospital. People are having to work more unsociable shifts. I know some people who were made redundant during the lockdown and had to take new jobs with maybe less favoured work patterns. And we were locked down for so long, weren't we? We weren't able to have holidays. We weren't able to have breaks. Many people's mental health, if I'm honest, my mental health was challenged by that. But now is really an opportunity to make up for that lost time and recover. And I also know some people who've been part of the church for a long time, and they don't actually feel the familiarity of of meeting here at the theatre compared to where we met for so long back at Gladstone Road. And then we've got the live stream where our teams, they've done an amazing job in developing that. Actually, the first week that we had a live stream, it was off my phone, propped propped on on the balcony at Gladstone Road. And I didn't even know how to turn it the other way uh, to, to film it. But we've come a long way in doing that. So the cameras, the live stream equipment, our online sound, our visuals, and I've been involved a lot more in that area, maybe for the last six months with the guys. And, and, and I appreciate now, honestly, I do, guys, how complex and time-consuming this stuff is. And all of our teams in church, um, if you don't know, are really centred around striving for excellence. And they do a superb job of giving those who are watching remotely, you guys at home, an amazing uh, experience as you can, as if hopefully as close as we can to being here in person. And I've got a confession to make. Usually after church, I go home uh, and I'll have my lunch and then I'll put, I'll put the service on the big screen TV and I'll put it on the sound bar 
and I'll, I'll dance around. I do honestly dance around. I put my, uh, I don't put these on. I usually get changed when I get home first and put my jogging bottoms on. And I dance around the living room trying to recreate the, the, the experience of us physically gathering together. But I can never, ever do that. I struggle. But God does something powerful, doesn't he, when we gather together in person. God does something powerful, absolutely. So here are the questions on many people's lips. And this is across the nation. This is not just our church. Here's a big question. As Christians who are part of a church, is it important for us to gather together physically as often as we can? And dare I ask the controversial question, is online church real church? Should attending church be a non-negotiable in our lives? And before we delve into this, this is a tricky subject, isn't it? So I'm a bit scared that you don't throw things at me. But before we delve into it, let me just say that there's not a one-size-fits-all answer for everything. We're all at different stages. I know some people, even this week, who were supposed to be in a serving team who were ill at the moment. Some people have got COVID, they've had to isolate. But there's not a one-size-fits-all answer for everything. We've got different experiences. We've got different health challenges. And we as leaders are not there to guilt trip people into doing certain things, okay? But we have a responsibility to lead and show all of you how to navigate this particular time. But biggest thing of all is how to turn to God in a situation like this. So we can show you out of love. And in all these same situations, the same approach is required to find the answers. What does the word of God say to us? What is the value and purpose of the church? What is our value as a church and what is our purpose? And what is our purpose as the church within the world? So I want us to have a look at Acts chapter 2, okay? But before we do this, I want to apply a little bit of context. And I always think context is really important with Bible verses. So Acts 2 is right at the point after Jesus' death and resurrection, where the law of Moses has ended, and in came the beginning of the church age. And the Israelites have proven time after time that they couldn't keep the law originally given to Moses. See, nobody at that time could be good enough to earn God's favour, So what God did, he bridges the gap caused by sin by sending Jesus to earth. So with his crucifixion and his burial, and most importantly, his resurrection, Jesus was the perfect sinless sacrifice that can stand in the gap caused by sin. So a little over a week after Jesus ascended to heaven, there was about 120 Jesus followers gathered together in Jerusalem. And then some of us may know this quite well. The Holy Spirit filled the house with a sound like a great wind and it landed on each and every believer, giving them the ability to speak different languages. And then Jerusalem was filled with visitors who had come to celebrate Pentecost. And in no time, that 120 believers grew to 3,000 people. And many of these people had no idea of what it actually was all about. They were just encountering God. So that early church provides what is needed for us right now. The teachings about Jesus, the affirmation of the message through signs and wonders, and the community through gathering together. And in that one day, the church was created. Pretty cool, eh? So let's have a look at Acts 2, verse 44 to 47. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sinful hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, that early church, that 120 people that grew to 3,000 people, is now the largest group of believers in the world of 2.38 billion people. Huge, isn't it? Even too, too big of a number to comprehend, 2.38 billion people. So it's important for us to look into that original church's value and purpose as it shapes the whole of the church, Christian church, today. So here's what I would like to sink in for all of you today. When we gather together, we grow together and we can go together through the gospel of Jesus. So the first point to note in this passage is that we should, that we should apply it to ourselves is that we should gather together. So in, in that uh, verse, verse 44, it says, all believers were together. And they were all together because the, every believer knew that they belonged to each other. The phrase were together is actually an imperfect tense. And it means that they were in the habit of being together frequently and constantly. Let me ask you a question today, church. Are you ever tempted to not, don't you have to admit it out loud, but are you ever tempted to not gather together with other believers? I am. I'll be honest at times. Life is so busy, isn't it? And tiring at the moment. It seems like the lockdown fatigue, certainly for me, it's still around a little bit and I'm still recovering from that. And I've got another confession to make. Some of you might know I am, you might not be surprised with this, a huge extrovert. So I love talking with people and I rarely, rarely like being on my own. And I like to, I get energy from speaking to people. And, and it, it, it does energise me when I do that. But since lockdown, there's been times where I just like being on my own, avoiding the noise and staying in bed. See, some people like to spend time on their own. Sure, many of you like to do that. Some people like time on their own in the bath, for example. And I hadn't a bath, I had a bath for about 10 years until recently. Don't worry, I was having showers, okay? Okay, but I've not actually had a bath for 10 years. And I admit, I got in the bath yesterday and I find rest at times from just being on my own and having a break in conversation. And some of my friends actually have remarked recently how, how, not how quiet I am, but how quieter I am. And they've asked me, is there something wrong, Lee? Is there something wrong with you? You don't, you don't seem to be speaking all the time. And there's nothing wrong. I just like a bit of quiet now. And this can be good for all of us at times, can't it? Spending time on our own. Even Jesus took time on his own, didn't he? To spend time with his father. And I know that many of you have busy and consuming jobs and lives from one meeting or crisis to the next. Conversation takes effort, doesn't it? It takes effort listening. A conversation involves listening, which also takes effort. And there's been times in the past where I've been exhausted by talking all day. I'm sure you still don't believe it, but it's true. 
And some of you won't believe that. But talking all day, it, sap, it saps your energy. So being in your own is good. However, we need each other, don't we? In the dark times where we encourage each other, in the great times where we celebrate success together, we're not designed to be on our own. And I'm guessing that most of you in here or at home know someone that maybe is disengaged from church life and are now maybe drifting a little bit. It might have been lockdown that caused that disconnect. It might have been something that hurt you in your past. It could have even been the church that hurt you in your past. It could be the hypocrisy of your experience of someone in church to what they said and what they actually did. And it might be something that you've taken on board that's hurt you. And it might be an experience that maybe you blame God for, that you've been put through. And your reaction to that is to maybe move away from the church. But let me tell you this today from my own experience. If you unplug, you will unravel. If you unplug, you will unravel. Hebrews 10 verse 24 to 25 says this. And let's consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. There's a theologian called Tim Challies, and he believes that that passage gives us two reasons why we may neglect in gathering together. The first thing that he says is, one, you forget what you bring. So you and I have the responsibility to stir up other believers to greater love and labour for the Lord. And the simple fact is that we can't do these things if we're not together. So you have the gift to bring you have a grift to bring and the church is only complete when you bring it and you use it. The second thing that Tim said, he said, you forget sometimes what you need. See, just as you are gifted to help others, others are actually gifted to help and encourage you. You are incomplete without your church because God has designed you to thrive and survive in a community with other Christians. See, Tim also writes this, Christians don't get to go it alone. Lone Christians are disobedient Christians who refuse to take hold of one of God's most important means of grace. Living outside a community of Christians is not a legitimate option for the Christian. In verse 47 of that passage in Acts 2, when the believers gathered, they didn't just hang out, they actually praised God. See, the author of Acts is a guy called Luke, and he actually used the word praise more than any other writer in the Bible. See, Luke 2 verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God. And when the shepherds saw the Saviour, they exploded in worship. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. See, church, praise is a weapon. It's a weapon of warfare and it's more powerful when it's done together. Every plan and every purpose of God will be, trust me, will be resisted by the enemy. And praise is not a platform for entertainment. It's the most effective spiritual weapon that puts God right on the stage. And also, praise is what we do to secure victory in any battle.
battle. By engaging in praise, we transfer our battles to him. It is a God-given weapon in our hands which we use to push back the enemy. Psalm 8 verse 2 says, Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Can I talk to you as a bit of a spiritual guide today? Okay, I'm going to put my pastor hat on for you as a loving friend. If you're coming to church late and you're regularly missing the praise, you're missing the point. If you're watching online, fast forwarding or joining through after the praise, then you're missing the point. See, by doing this, we're treating God like a mate we're meeting for a coffee or a dinner or something like that. And we forget that he is God. He is the one who flung the stars into the sky. He is the one who died on the cross for our sins. He is the one who transformed our lives and given us freedom. See, praise positions ourselves. And sometimes, this is true, sometimes the reason we missed out on what God was doing is because we missed the praise. Let me say that again. The reason we missed out on what God was doing is because we didn't praise. See, the Bible is full of people under pressure, under harm, who use praise as a weapon. See, Saul, we all know Saul, he's the biggest example of that. What did he do when he was under pressure? He wheeled out the worship team. He praised. See, praise is the key to our situations. Let me ask you today, how are you doing in your commitment to gather together with God's people? When we gather together, we will grow and we will go with the gospel. The second point to note in Acts 2 passage is that we should grow together. In verse 46, the believers were committed to growth by meeting in large groups just like us here. But they also met in small groups as well. They met formally and they met informally. So lots of different ways that they gathered together. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. See, attending is not just turning up. The actual meaning of attending is to stay close, is to remain, is to continue steadfastly. And turning up very rarely helps you grow. Rarely great things happen when you just turn up. And Peter instructs us to grow in 2 Peter 3 verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Yes, we can grow together by, by ourselves if we want to. And I'd encourage anyone to spend time on your own. Read and study your Bible. But another string in your bow can be to study with someone else. I've studied at a theological college. I've spent time reading books. I've spent time reading assignments. But God has spoken to me in the most amazing way through other people. My thoughts, and my thoughts need challenging. All of our thoughts need challenging at times. And that's been done oftenly through other people. 
Who's ever read a piece of scripture with someone else? And we've gone round the room and we've asked for different thoughts and what's, been ch- what's challenged people. And people have said lots of different things. They've taken different things from that piece of scripture. It's like scriptures changing from two-dimensional to three-dimensional. These are the foundations of the church. We've got connect groups that are meeting regularly all over. And if you haven't gone deeper into our church community, let me encourage you to do so. Pastor Linda and Jackie, they're in the process of helping to launch new connect groups in the church and expand so it can be more of a priority for us. And no group is the same. And we want to spend time with you to find out what kind of person you are, introduce you to other people, different backgrounds. We've got groups for people from different situations, different ages, different genders, social Tuesdays, diamond airs, young adults, students, ladies, men, loads and loads of different things, opportunities, so you can gather together and grow together. And our dream as a church is to see you grow in your faith and be prosperous for God. And it's for everyone in this church to feel, it's our motto, isn't it? A place to belong. It's what we're all about and that's what we want you to feel and be. But to, commu- to, to build connections effectively, we've got to be present. You know, we moved into our house, I mentioned earlier, two years ago. And we previously lived in Sheffield, you tell by the accent, if you haven't already. And we moved into Northampton two years ago. And we've moved into this lovely little housing uh, development with hundreds of different houses. And uh, after we settled in, we uh, introduced ourselves to the, to the neighbours. We were socially distant at that time, so you weren't allowed to go near and where you had to kind of like shout over the fence. So hello, we're the new neighbours. And we chatted on the driveways. And people were so friendly and welcoming to us. But as we got to know more and more people, we found out that the neighbour there and the neighbour there didn't actually know each other. And they lived next to each other and all the neighbours didn't actually know each other or even know each other's names. And they'd lived next to each other for more than five years. So we all went on a bit of a mission, me and Jackie, the extroverts that we are, make our mission to connect them, connect with them, but also help them connect with each other. And then since then, we've had friendships that have grown and developed. We had to isolate last year. Our neighbours collected our shopping There was a massive fire. I was sat in the living room watching TV and uh, Jackie just went, fire. I went, what? She went, fire. I'm like, yeah, would you like to expand on that? The garage is on fire. One of the garages was on fire. Literally, the flames were were climbing and they were going up to the the roof. So we ran out. Jackie quickly got all the uh, neighbours' kids, as she naturally does, gathers all the kids like the Pied Piper and looks after the kids while the fire engines came and everything. We now look out for each other's children in the playgrounds, make sure that they're safe. We've had opportunities to share the gospel with our community. We invited them to the pantomime that we had at Christmas, uh, and we've had a chance to talk to them about Jesus. You know, the reason I'm saying this is I'm sure many of you do the same thing, don't you? You probably know your neighbours pretty well. But what hope does the world and do we have if we don't do that in our own church? See, we need to be intentional about building relationships with each other. And life can be tough, can't it? So we need a support network around us to help us to strengthen and grow. Fellas, let me let into you a little secret. They had the her breakfast a couple of weeks ago. So I put, I put my wig on and my dress 
uh, to, to, to sneak in. I didn't really, I promise. Um, but I, I was serving and helping out there. And the ladies were all sat together. They were spending time together. They were praising God. They were getting to know each other. Nobody was sat on their own. What an amazing thing. So listen, blokes, we're, we're a bit competitive, aren't we, us fellas? So we've got a her men's event coming up uh, at the breakfast next Saturday. So it'd be great for you to book in. And we'd love to do the same and just spend time to get to know each other and, and, and help build each other and grow each other. Remember that verse in Hebrews, let's just go back to it for a little second. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more you will see the day approaching. See, growth is intentional. It's not automatic. So what is, let me ask you today, what is your plan to grow? A lot of us work in the corporate environment. I used to do that for 13 years. I used to help run a business and everybody had their own development plan, okay? Not, you're not always, always a bad one. You're used to, in the old days when you had a development plan, it meant you'd done something wrong. But now, most of it's about your own learning and your own development. You've got training courses that, you, that your employer will do with you and different things you would be shadowing, you'd be coaching, you'd be helping each other. But what's your, what's your development plan for your spiritual life? What's your development plan for your time with God. You know, we need to place as much of importance on our, our own personal and spiritual development as well as our professional development. And I think if you want to grow, you need to gather with other believers as much as you can and you get, need to get to know people. The third point I'd like to highlight in this Acts 2 passage is that we should go together. See, when the believers lived out their faith and they shared it with others, big things started to happen, didn't they? God was all over it. And the last part of verse 47, it says, enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So by them going together, God showed favour through the people. People were saved and the church grew and multiplied. Let me ask you today, is your heart to see people come to know Christ? It didn't sound very convincing there. Is your heart to see people come to know Christ? This is why we're here, isn't it? By going together, they, that happened, but they did it by going together and with God on their side, they saw lives transformed. See, our dream is to see this church overflowing with people coming to know Jesus. It's to see, people to, en- to see people encounter the living God. It's to see healing. It's to see restoration in relationships, in spiritual lives. It's to see people's eternities be secured in Christ. It's to see a move of God that has never, ever been seen before in Northampton. And as we go, God will move. Proverbs 16 verse 7 says, when the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. You will find that doors will open for your church. Church, doors will open and opportunities will arise when you go with the gospel. You know, at time to time, it it can feel that as Christians, we have nothing much to offer the world. Not all churches are in a position to give big. 
And not all Christians feel that they have impact to make any significant change. Very few local churches are in any position to offer significant help to the world if it was based simply on their capacity. You know, sometimes I feel vulnerable. When I'm, particularly when I'm tired, I feel vulnerable. Everybody knows it in the house when I feel vulnerable. And I don't feel like I'm scratching the surface sometimes of my work for God. Sometimes it doesn't feel like I have enough strength or enough time to make a real impact for Jesus. But be reminded of this today, church, if the band lights come up. Reminded of this today, church, the hope we bring has very little to do with the position, the funding, or the influence, or the standing of people in the church. The the hope we bring is not through our strength, but it's through God's, amen? And that gives us the reason to believe that what we have to offer is more than enough. The role of the church is to help empower and strengthen all of you to do God's work in your neighbourhoods, in your workplaces, in your education places, in your social groups. So you are the hands and the feet that help to fulfil Jesus' commission to bring the good news to those that don't know him. And to do this effectively, we must gather and grow And we can't fail when we do it in Jesus' name. See, church, this church belongs to God. Doesn't belong to me, doesn't belong to Pastor Jason or Linda or whoever. It belongs to God. And we have been given authority from God, and God's church provides an answer to the world. We carry the truth of Christ. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. See, we aren't a gathering of people in a building who just come on Sunday today to just receive. But we're a group of followers who gather together, grow together, and go together. And to do that, we need to be present to do this. We we can't just do it, us guys on the stage or the pastors or the leadership team can't do it on their own. It's through every one of you who call this church your home. It's your purpose and the church needs you to carry out this work. And the world needs an answer right now, doesn't it? We prayed about Ukraine earlier. And the things that are happening in the world, there's loads of other things that are happening in Africa and different areas. The the, the world needs an answer. And the truth of Jesus and his finished work on the cross is something that the world needs to hear. And as local church communities, we can bring that truth to the people around us. We're a family, guys. We are a family as a church. And Jesus is building his church. We sang that earlier. Jesus is building his church and using each one of us to reach out to others. And we are called, you are called, each single one of you is in called and empowered to do it. Let me just plead with you this morning. Don't just come along and go home every week. 
Don't switch on the church, don't switch on church on the TV every Sunday and then switch it off until next week and forget about it. Please don't come in week in, week out without getting to know anybody. You know God wants more of you, wants more for you than that. You know that? The church and we are all here to help you grow. A lot of us know Pastor Mike Nichols, don't we? What a guy. And he's one of my good mates. And he preached something recently. So I'm going to quote him for this because I have pinched it. You're allowed to do that sometimes, aren't you? Okay. He says, church is not an organisation. It's an organism. It's not a business. It's a body. It's not a formality, but a family. It's not a hobby, but a home. Don't let church be an optional extra in your life. You know, God loves you. You know, God values you. He wants you to grow and he wants you to prosper. He wants you to live an abundant life. He doesn't want you to be alone just carrying out his work. He's provided you with a church family to support you, to help you, and to continue to encourage you to grow. And church, we are better together. And we're not perfect, trust me. I'm, I'm the least perfect, if anything. We're not perfect. But we're a bunch of imperfect people trying our best to be a hope for the world that we live in. So remember the three points that I ran through. Point one, gather together. Point two, grow together. Point three, grow together. Let's just pray together, shall we? God, we just thank you so much that we have this relationship with you. We thank you so much that you've given us the tools that we need to bring your word to the world. Lord, just help empower us, help guide us, help lead us, help give us the time to be able to do that. Help us to build relationships with one another in this church family, to bring the great news of you to the world. God, we love you so much. We worship you so much, God. We thank you so much for what you've done in our lives. Just help build us and strengthen us in this next season, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.